Alright guys, here we go again. Alexander from Strength of Saad. Could this be one of the biggest vaccine administration mistakes that we are making all across the world on a multi-multi-million, billion-person scale? So if you are getting vaccinated, and this really applies to any vaccine, to be honest. Um, so not just relevant if you've already gotten your uh, COVID vaccine, but if you're going to get future vaccines in the future, potentially don't make this mistake. Make sure you ask this question if you get vaccinated. And this could have implications to how we change vaccination administration across the world. Okay, so what are we talking about here? So there was a study in mice, okay, that talked about the differences between injecting a vaccine intramuscularly versus intravenously and the differences they noted. So let's talk about what's supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen is you're supposed to inject a vaccine in almost every circumstance into the muscle intramuscularly, into the, the deltoid, the lateral part of the deltoid, which is the shoulder. And so what is happening all across the world is naturally there's going to be some human error, right? People are going to accidentally inject into a vein. Now, there's something you're supposed to do to mitigate this, and that is called aspirating. Aspirating for my guys and girls on TRT, on steroids, injectable anabolics, they know how to do this. This is their language. You know all about aspirating because when you inject your testosterone, you have to aspirate so you don't inject it into the bloodstream. You get it into the muscle, which is uptaken at a way different rate and ability compared to if it goes straight into the bloodstream. So the ramification to this, animals that were given mRNA vaccines intravenously were shown to have markers for myocarditis, but animals that were given it intramuscularly did not. Okay, animals, mice, we're not mice, of course, guys. And, and I want to uh, kind of highlight... I generally put little stock into animal studies uh, and wouldn't make a post about it, but this has too much of a large ecological validity, validity and potential ramifications to not bring up, okay? On mass scale vaccination, there's bound to be human error. Even if this is on the uh, one out of every thousand vaccinations uh, makes this error, this still could potentially explain who knows how many cases of myocarditis and heart inflammation, pericarditis, general inflammation and, and general adverse events as a result of getting the vaccine, a vaccine. So there was two, it's a preprint. Let's, let's just talk about what this study is. It's a preprint intravenous injection of COVID mRNA vaccine can induce acute myopericarditis in mouse models. Okay. So Let's acknowledge the limitations. Preprint hasn't been peer-reviewed. Number two, it is in mice. However, we're going to talk about why potentially the, the consequence, potential consequence to this override the potential limitations. So according to doctors like Dr. John Campbell, you know, with particularly with nurses and doctors who are relatively new and haven't done a lot of injections, um, it's not that difficult to get it into the muscle, but it's also not that hard to miss it. 
particularly with all different types of morphological differences between people, whether you're, you're larger, you're overweight, more muscle, less muscle, more fat, less fat. There's a lot of intravariability or intervariability between people that can create more human error. So there are probably a whole bunch of people who have gotten injected, got the got a vaccine, and they've gotten injected into the wrong area. They got injected into intravenously instead of intramuscularly. So what are the potential ramifications to this? So what you're supposed to do to eliminate or largely eliminate this risk is aspirate the actual injection, okay? What this means, uh, aspiration means you're drawing back suction and you're drawing back the plunger once the needle has been inserted. And what you want to see is if any blood comes back, you know you've hit a vein. I'm going to show you what that looks like from a video by John. He's just using a crude example here. He has the needle, he injects or the into the site, and what you're going to see is you see a little bit of blood, okay? That is an example as you've hit a vein. If your nurse or doctor or person administering a vaccine does not do this, you don't know whether you've hit the muscle or the vein. You don't know. So if you don't know, you don't know if the adverse you're at a higher risk for adverse events or not. Because if we extrapolate, we look, guys, we can't do this study in humans. It's ethically not possible. You're never going to see a study on intravenous versus intramuscular vaccines ever, right? Because it's not ethical. So what we have to do is we have to do our best to at least talk about the potential ramifications that human error is possible. This is very likely to happen mm, probably on orders of magnitude, hundreds of thousands of times all across the world already. And the question then poses how much of this error that you're seeing here with injecting and getting a, into the vein, injecting from the vein, is causing or contributing to heightened myopericarditis. Let's see what they saw in the study. Because what the basically TLDR, ask your nurse and doctor to aspirate before you get a vaccine. That's it. If you're not... Why the hell do, do I have to figure this out a year plus in to vaccines? I didn't know this before. Because I don't do anabolics, TRT. Okay, so I don't know that world. I'm not a doctor who's administering um, injections, vaccines, etc. So it's not going to really be in my purview and radar as a scientist. So now, fortunately being aware of this now, I can then hopefully impart this to people so that they can get uh, a better experience and stack the cards in their favor to mitigate potential adverse events and improve efficacy, potentially. So what they noticed was, so you can click off the video now, just ask to aspirate, but you want to see what actually can happen? Here's the results. So pretty good, well-conducted study. Uh, we compared clinical manifestations, histopathological, histopathological changes, uh, tissue mRNA expression, serum levels of cytokine, chemokine, troponin. Troponin indicates heart damage or heart muscle damage in mice. The intravenous versus intramuscular vaccine injections, and they had a placebo, which was the uh, normal saline control, which is good. Okay, you have a placebo to control for that. That's a, that's a decent, well-conducted study. So what they noticed is 
only in the intravenous group developed histopathological changes in myopericarditis as evidenced by cardiomyocyte degeneration. Okay, let's just break that down right there before we keep going. Um, Myopericarditis. Myo means muscle. It also talks about the myocardium. So uh, the the it's a part of the heart between the epicardi- epicardium, which is the outer layer of the heart, and the endocardium, which is the inner layer of the heart. So we have myopericarditis. Pericardium is the outermost layer of the heart that encases the heart, almost like a protection layer. And so, okay, we know where it's happening. What they looked at was cardiomyocyte generation. Cardio means heart. Myo means muscle, muscle site, okay? So it's muscle cells of the heart, degeneration, apoptosis, which means the process of cell death, and necrosis, which is basically the output. It's like you go through apoptosis and you get necrosis at the end, where, where it's like, imagine frostbite. The last stage of frostbite is necrosis, where the tissue is just dead and your fingers or limb is about to fall off or falling off. With adjacent inflammation, cell infiltration, and calcific, so deposits, so calcium deposits, which is going to affect the ability for the heart's ability uh, to contract, expand, relax, okay? Pardon me. On visceral pericardium. Um, Fortunately, evidence of coronary artery or other cardiac pathologies was absent. So good news there. But other news is that we see a whole cascade of inflammatory pathways being generated, which we'll talk about here, which for up to two weeks, they were markedly aggravated by intramuscular or intravenous booster dose. So they did it again. They did a booster dose then. And they wanted to see, does the booster dose, what does that cause now? So one, we've noticed all these cascades of apoptosis, inflammation, myopericarditis from intravenous injection, which is happening Almost, we do not have evidence for this, like we don't we don't know for certain, but statistically, it's bound to happen. I would put all my money that this has happened thousands of times across the world. Why? Because human error and ignorance. How many doctors and nurses are not um, aspirating? I don't know. Likely a lot. More than we think. Why? Because the who... World Health Organization and CDC don't even recommend these precautionary measures during intramuscular vaccine administration, even though Pfizer and Moderna have clearly stated that their vaccine should only be given via intramuscular route. Of course they do. That's going to cover their base. Why wouldn't they? But the CDC and who no longer recommend it. Why are we not ensuring correct administration? That's that's asinine. CDC, Pink Book 2020 and WHO 2015 position paper actually are against aspiration. Why? To minimize pain. Boo-boo's in too much pain. Yes, an injection hurts when you put it into the muscle. Yes, aspirating accelerates that. Why? Because aspiration, correct aspiration, is supposed to take anywhere between its negative pressure between 5 to 10 seconds to ensure you haven't hit a vein. And their justification is pain? Myocarditis is a lot worse than some pain. I think so anyway. 
However, this is not worldwide. Denmark have actually recommended injection aspiration. Okay, cool. So some countries have recognized it and are doing it. The UK do not. I looked at my own country's Australia Administration of Vaccines um, Immunization Handbook and I saw, I just did a little keyword search for aspiration and it come, came up with, if you see, aspiration zero. Like there's no, like I'm not reading every single word here, okay? There is zero mention of aspiration. What? Okay. What level of confidence do I have that the Australian government and people administering vaccines are aspirating? Um, well, a bit less now. We're going to have to take it on a nurse or doctor by doctor basis. Anyway, you can see here where the injection site is. Oh, this is in the quad, actually. This is in the vastus lateralis. So a lot of typical injections are also in the vastus lateralis, potentially because there's less um, lympho uh, there's less um, lymphocytes uh, in the area. And so it's also another typical uh, sites of injection, and then you see the deltoid, okay? You want to be careful if also if your doctor or nurse is squeezing your arm too much. Why? Because if you squeeze enough of, so like I do skin fold sites, so I can you can really feel intramuscular, you can feel muscle versus fat, okay? So when I do my skin folds, I'm very careful to not pull too much to get muscle, and you want to peel back and get enough where you can just get the skin and subcutaneous fat. Now, what can happen is when you get an injection or a vaccine, if that doc or nurse or whoever's administering it is squeezing your arm too much, potentially you could get a lot of that subcutaneous fat bunching up. And as a result of that bunch up in fat, you can basically inject potentially into more subcutaneous fat than muscle or any muscle at all. Just another potential mm, confounding variable to this conversation. So again, when we talk about vaccine side effects, adverse events, what's another potential covariate that is very hard to control for? This. This why this conversation is so nuanced. This conversation of adverse events and side effects is, is complex, guys. Like, it's not a black and white conversation. I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours diving in and dissecting it and geek trying to give you guys deep dive scientific analysis of the information, of, of the highest orders of evidence that, that we currently have. And again, here's another big confounding variable that could... Confuse, not confuse, but invalidate some of the data around adverse events. Because what if we then stratify the data to be, okay, how many people were given it intramuscularly versus intravenously? We'll never know that answer. But here's just a potential ramification. Whew. Okay, let's take a breath. Cardiac tissue. So when this, let's, let's back up a little bit. They did another dose, almost like a booster shot, okay? They, not almost, they did a booster shot, intramuscular and intravenous. What they noticed is in both cases, cardiac tissue, mRNA expression of the, all these inflammatory pathways, IL-1, uh, TNF-alpha, IL-6, they increased significantly um, in the intravenous group, but not in the intramuscular group, compatible with the presence of myopericarditis in the intravenous group. <sighs> okay. What they also noticed is this spike protein. Okay, because we, where's the spike protein going? Okay, the people, the, the concern that the spike protein is just, you know, floating around in the body, right? It's not supposed to, theoretically. 
you know, and Dr. Roger Schrell, Dr. Roger Patrick um, have, have discussed this a little bit in depth about what's supposed to happen uh, as a result of the immune system seeing this spike protein, it's supposed to basically uh, destroy it and uh, de degrade it entirely. However, could this be undermined by the fact that if a vaccine is administered intravenously improperly, could it lead to spike protein being expressed in different organs? Here's potentially why that could be. So what we saw in mice is that the antigen, which stimulates, you know, it's like the threat that stimulates antibodies to be produced. The antigen was occasionally seen in hepatocytes of the intravenous group, but not intramuscular group. This is very interesting. Hepatocytes are liver cells. You can, hepato, pardon me. So via serum injection, serum means blood, got into the blood, okay? So intravenously, got injected accidentally, well, accidentally in people, in purpose in the study, gets injected into the, into the blood, then into, it gets to into, into myocardial and liver cells. Once it's there, the liver and heart produce the spike protein, it expresses that to their cell surface, it detects the foreign protein, it creates an immune response, attacks the cell because it's a foreign uh, substance particle compound that it wants to destroy. As a result, we cause a cascade of inflammatory processes as a result of the trying to destroy the foreign pathogen, hence myocarditis. Could this partly explain why some people see... Could this explain some adverse events that are related to fertility, that are related to ovaries, that are related to degeneration of, or just temporary acute inflammatory responses in other organ tissues? Maybe. I don't have an answer. We don't have an answer. I'm just posing questions that could potentially explain some of the things we're seeing. <sighs> Limitations. It's in mice. You won't see human clinical trial because it's unethical, like I said. It's not peer-reviewed. But what other other adverse events could be exacerbated or triggered by intravenous administration versus intramuscularly? This is an important question to consider. The conclusions of this study that the brief, brief withdrawal of syringe plunger to exclude blood aspiration may, may be one possible way to reduce such risk. But when the WHO and CDC do not even recommend this, when the Australian government do not recommend this, then we must put the onus on the individual then to take responsibility for their own health through knowledge, through education. One, if you are going to get a vaccine at any point in your lifetime, particularly this one, it would benefit you to ask them to aspirate. You cap the downsides. Number two, if you then want to go further, potentially writing a letter, email, calling your elected officials in your community, your council, and your state to bring light to this issue, make it a, a recommendation from a medical governmental level to then for to, to aspirate, to then manage potential adverse events that we may see in humans. So that's it, guys. Unless, unless you aspirate, you don't have confirmation whether you're injecting into the intramuscular intravenous. Therefore, you potentially increase the risks of adverse events like myopericarditis. This study was in mice. We cannot 
say this will happen in humans. That is why we use words like theoretically, possibly, and maybe. We must use our words very carefully. This is not a black and white conversation. This is a conversation of nuance, of complexity, and of curiosity, because this is fascinating. We're learning more every day. I hope these videos are valuable. Please leave, <laughs> please leave your comments below of what you think. And I'll be sure to probably not respond to them. <laughs> not because I don't want to, but because there's only so much time in the day. DM me on Instagram if you want to have a conversation about it or if you want to request different topics or videos. Thank you for watching. I'll see you in the next one.